Hello, welcome to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Hello. Zach. I'm Jenny. And today, on our first episode, we're going to talk about the 1992 erotic thriller Basic Instinct. It's 1992. We have a film directed by Paul Verhoeven, written by Joe Esterhaus, who both of whom will probably show up again in this podcast, starring Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone, who both could very well show up again. And uh, so I guess uh, take it away, Jenny. Uh, when did you first become aware of Basic Instinct? I will say that this one just kind of falls into the the lore. Um, I mean, we were 11, 12 years old when this came out. So it really wasn't on the list of like parents being like, oh my gosh, you can't see this movie. But I think it's just built and built, you know, over teenage years. You know, it wasn't. Um, you know, just in repeat on TV a ton, but kind of, you know, the crisscross leg scene and all of that. And you just have this kind of idea of it being this like overly sexual thing, never having watched it. I can't imagine when I first became aware of this. I don't know if it was from a trailer or a parody. Probably a parody. (laughs) I think you said it, the the crisscross legs scene. I just... You know, you look at this film and you just think vaginas everywhere. And that's basically <laughs> the film. is it, It's the vagina movie. Uh, I mean, there might be an, an ice pick in there at some point. Which, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, 19, you said 1992. Yes. I mean, 1992 ice pick movies with speed, right? <laughs> like, I don't know what it was about ice picks in the 90s, but they were definitely a weapon of choice. I think we've discussed that before. I've... We'll have to go back and watch Speed, but I think it's a screwdriver. Who cares? I mean, okay. it, it gives you that, like, tickly weird sensation, like, too much Q-tip. Yeah, no, it shouldn't go in anybody's ear, no matter no. what it is. No, for sure. For sure. So, what did you expect going into this, the first? I guess, um, have you watched it except for maybe the 20 minutes here and there I've subjected you to over the, over the last 15 years? Had you ever seen it? Uh, just that I think I mean like little snippets here and there like probably the same scenes over and over again um but I mean we've experienced and we've talked about you know erotic thrillers in 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 the past and and that's kind of what I expected you know kind of this film noir uh throwback of the 90s because the 90s loved that there was something about you know the the detective, the femme fatale that, that the 90s really, really, really leaned into. Um, I didn't expect so much Hitchcock throwback. And that's where, you know, I think my childhood, even though we've known each other for a really long time, my ch- childhood is different than yours in that I could watch this movie even if I'd watched it at 11, I would have been able to say, oh, look at the homage to Vertigo that we obviously have. <laughs> now, I don't know if I would have said the word homage. I probably would have said like, oh, that really looks like the the character in Vertigo. But it's so obvious that they wanted that cachet of creating this Kim Novak, all in white, slick black blonde hair, water, San Francisco. Like it's just everything about it just screams Vertigo. Yeah, you definitely have a different cinematic background than me. I mean, I was disallowed from seeing anything with any sort of sex or swearing, but my dad and I would watch Rambo in slow motion to watch bodies explode and try to figure <laughs> out how they did it. So. Yeah, that, that's not... Mine was very much about, like, suspense and, you know... Like I grew up watching a lot of AMC and and you know, and all of that. My my dad definitely like saw himself from an era that he was not truly a part of. We so, watched AMC some, but it was usually the creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, that definitely that's it's a whole other thing. My dad, you know, you might like he's a huge you know monster movie aficionado, but Hitchcock. But when you watched the creature from the Black Lagoon, there was something sexual there. When I watched The Creature from the Black Lagoon, it was just a weird fish man. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have said that I thought it was particularly sexual. I mean, I was a swimmer at the time, and it probably made me, like, it was my own, it was a pre-Jaws moment, like something in the water. That was before I ever saw Jaws. But 
Definitely. I think, you know, uh, to, to play on what you're saying, this was definitely vertigo with vaginas, but not as many vaginas as advertised. I have to say, um, the iconic, is it okay to say iconic? I think it's iconic. The iconic scene, um, I, there was vagina there, but I really think that Wayne Knight is the star of the scene. Him <laughs> and his sweat is really doing more for the tension in the scene than any amount of pubic hair and vaginas. Well, I don't think she had pubic hair. Let's be fair. I really think that we're 90s bald all the way. But I, I feel like it was blonde. I don't know. Was I wasn't it? looking that close, but I don't I don't know. Maybe it was. But I, I agree. I mean Wayne Knight really he goes hard. Can we just say that Wayne Knight, I don't know if I've seen him in something where he hasn't stolen the scene. I mean, he outacted the dinosaur. <laughs> he outacted. Um, I mean, yes, Jurassic Park. I mean, really. I mean, I will admit that I don't have a huge Seinfeld background. I know he really did a lot of his base work there. But Jurassic Park really... It has a big piece for both of us, and he's pivotal in that. I mean, he is almost hold on to your butts level Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> which, you know, like, I say that all the time. Yeah. I, I don't know if that really I should, but that's definitely in my lexicon. I mean, I look at our cat many times and think, no wonder you're extinct. Let's just be fair. <laughs> Oh, guys, she may make an appearance at some point. Who knows? Well, uh, but- <laughs> no, nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I mean, Wayne Knight, he's super, super sweaty. They, the whole idea of that interrogation, I mean, I know we're not really looking to try and be movie reviewers. But, but can we talk about the lighting? It's, the they just, the... Oh my gosh, what what is even the word that I want? Like just the over backwards, like can we just jones ourselves into a, a noir any harder than in the interrogation, in the elevators. There's no even fucking lights in the elevator. It's like all this crisscross lighting as if there were some sort of, you know, weird special buttress in the in the elevator. I mean, it, it's craziness. Have you seen a darker movie probably but it, it but it's like batman it's or very... something that happens all at night have you seen a movie inside during the day that is this dark it's true i mean everything like the interrogation it's like the whole room is this long it's dark every it's like a stage it's almost like a production of chicago i mean she's there on the chair you know like crisscross um you know like uh jail what is it uh cell block tango level conversation with her cigarettes and all of that can we talk about how i'm a lifetime non-smoker and this movie made me want a cigarette it makes everybody want a cigarette it's just i mean there's no one smokes like that anymore i mean we're no one's allowed to smoke like that anymore but it's super sexy um you know and just the whole the whole addiction type of like that's that's another thing we we we, you know we, we obviously we've talked about this a little before we got into it but held some back you know that's the way this works right but we had not talked about the the level of just let let's let's taunt someone with their addictions, mm-hmm. whether it's cigarettes, cocaine. I mean, nineties. You know, I mean, that was my big thing. I mean, I feel like it is irresponsible to show a police. I'm in my day job. I do a lot uh, with with addiction, and we're not going to get too much into that. But we have a movie in San Francisco in 1992, and the police are shocked that a rich white man is having sex with a blonde lady and doing cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. What a shocker. Well, he but plot twist, plot twist. But he supports the mayor or the governor or something like that. I don't even remember what they said. But yeah, like this fine upstanding citizen is doing cocaine recreationally. Yeah, that's I mean, that definitely 
there's so many things about this movie that would fall into the wheelhouse of either one of our sets of parents saying no go. Um, but like I said, we're 11 years old, so that wasn't even really probably on their radar. They didn't get to watch sexy movies when we were 11 <laughs> or 12 years old either. But if you'd gone to your parents at 16 and they found out that you saw this at a slumber party, um, they would have lost their minds. They would have had a lot to say, but I don't know if they've seen it. That's a whole nother level. You know, the things that they don't even know how salacious they really are because this movie is salacious it does it, it does like have the hype it holds up to the hype for sure um and we start the movie off with just like sex bondage uh designer scarves which let's be fair your mother would have huge problems with my um, mom would have a class <laughs> war against an hermes scarf that they call hermes but <laughs> do they make an all-white silk Hermes scarf. I have. I don't, we, we've I, been to the Hermes store in New York. I've thought about buying one for you, and you've told me to stick it. And I mean, it's a lovely gift, but I don't know in practicality when I'm going to wear an Hermes scarf. But generally, they're very... They're very ornate. Very ornate, yes, absolutely. Yeah, they are, for sure. Um, I don't know if they make it all-white, but yeah. Like, Should we name Dr. Johnny Coda? We do have one of his scarves. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, and then there's a murder, like r- like a brutal murder, like, right, right in the off eye. The like that oh. is gross. I mean, there are some beautiful bodies just writhing, and then right in the eye, right in the eye. Ugh. It's it's pretty gross. I mean, it's I mean, I don't love a lot of violence in in movies. I love a thriller. I mean, like I said, I grew up with Hitchcock. That's just like the base level of my my interest in movies, but. Yeah, that was brutal right off the bat. And it doesn't get that brutal again. No. It, it really starts off with, it tries to shock you on all levels. Um, and then then kind of pull back and lull you into this this cat and mouse. Um, and you don't really know who's who's the cat, who's the mouse, who's the what, who's the whatever. But Could you get away in 2021 with a movie opening on... Well, first of all, like a three-minute opening sequence with everybody's name and then straight into just complete naked flesh. I, I don't, don't even know. think Fifty Shades – we haven't seen that. I don't even think, think Fifty Shades of Grey could do something like that. I don't think so because Fifty Shades of Grey, other than the sex scenes, is the boring – it's so boring. It's like she's working in a hardware store and it's salacious because he's like coming and like – buying rope from her it's so mundane until it's not until it's like just off the top but this is just sex i mean it's a lot of sex it's sweaty sex it's acrobatic sex but there's no but what's the sexiest thriller that's come out in the last five like major movies i mean i'm sure there's indie stuff where people are humping and grinding left and right but i mean maybe gone girl and even it couldn't handle opening something like this no i mean this is just right into it i mean i don't know i mean the 90s just did that i mean but let's even talk about talking about like just beautiful people gene Triplehorn. i mean we talked about you know we got michael douglas who really hasn't like michael he's the sexiest. douglas he at couldn't, 46 or so in yeah this, i think so he is a hunk he i is. mean i mean just like muscly 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 like without being like you know over the top i mean of course sharon stone sharon stone is like this movie has launched her into this sex symbol for forever um but and deservedly so yeah yeah i mean let's just be fair guys we're gonna be talking in this podcast about a lot of very attractive bodies on display, probably. Probably so. I mean, the, and, our goal is not to have it all just to be about movies that were, like, super sexy, um, but just movies that were, you know, like, just, they weren't allowed for whatever reason. There, but, there's a lot of that. But, but from the religious households we came from, a lot of times, that was what was forbidden. And from the VHS era, walking through a video store, that's that's what's sold. And so, yeah, so um, 
Yeah, we are a uh, very happily married couple, and uh, but we will be talking about a lot of flesh on display, <laughs> and I feel like credit where credit's due. I uh, mean, yeah. Sharon Stone looks fantastic. Michael Douglas looks fantastic. That's what a man's supposed to look like. But Gene Triplehorn is showing him all up in this movie. She is like the most gorgeous person on the planet in this movie. And I mean, and that's that's probably a big piece. Like, we don't know, you know, when we get farther into the movie, we don't know if she's a villain. We don't know if she's a psychopath. We don't know what she is. But she's so angelically beautiful right from the get-go. I mean, uh, I mean, I think Angelina Jolie, like, owes her her career and her look to her. And then, I mean, but Jean Triplehorn, like, just disappeared. But she's just... I mean, so gorgeous. I mean, let's be fair. We we can get into the the major sex scene with with her and with Michael Douglas, and it does not hold up. I mean, it is problematic on so many so many levels. I mean, you know, not to not to joke on that too hard, but first of all, it does play into the trope of that all professional women are wearing thigh high stockings and that's the fantasy of every man like the 80s and 90s definitely said every woman is wearing sexy lingerie under their regular clothes spoiler not happening it's not but all joking aside on that it does get super problematic very quickly and then does that whole thing of like circling back well you know that wasn't how you normally are but it was it was sex. Like it, it gets. It, it gets was weird. Tough. It was. It was when there was just the ripping at the beginning. That was it hot. Was sexy. I mean, like sexy that I'm not used to seeing on a screen. And then it got problematic. And then he did it so good that quote unquote oh, it's okay. Right. There's there's problem. And you know if if you've if we're going to do this podcast, there's going to be some problems and that's, there's going to be some times and I think we're just going to have to acknowledge that that's a thing and we don't have to agree with it, but it, it's, it's a part of, of cinema of that era and we don't have to agree with it. But I don't think we can completely ignore it. But I don't no, know what we can really do about it now. Because I mean, that falls into whole like you know the blanket statement of uh, is this movie hot? Is this movie? And and yes, it is. But it it does get into some areas that are that are nuts. I mean, especially since I mean, like okay, let's be fair. Nineteen ninety two spoilers we still don't even know at the end when we when gene Triplehorn is killed if she really was a villain or if she wasn't um but so but whether we've regardless of that you know we have mixed feelings about how she was treated in in the relationship in which she seemed to be in love with someone and he was using her terribly do you think the ending was ambiguous or do you think it was patently obvious i honestly don't know because the way that they shot it it could have ended two ways because they 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 had you know his partner they had you know that 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 like partner who is uh gus no 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 i know i know i know his name is not what i'm trying to think of but yeah gus he's just a good old boy he does his job you know as good as possible then you got this problematic hotshot detective who's getting into all kinds of trouble but it's gus who ultimately plays the price of of being partners or friends with this you know this rebel and he is killed um you know we we have the whole thing of gene triplehorn like maybe she was stalking Sharon Stone maybe she wasn't maybe she set up this whole thing you know to to set her up she obviously had feelings for Michael Douglas in some sort of way one way or another she shows up right after Gus is killed um saying that Gus called her there's no evidence of that I mean they could have it could have left it at that I mean that's the way they ruled the case that she was the villain but and it could have left it at that we could have all believed that but you've got that last scene 
that last it lingers on the ice pick for so long right like why does she have an ice she doesn't have an ice pick which she was fumbling for when he said he wanted to have kids it's such a weird let's be fair that that's a weird thing um but i feel like let's just be fair the last 30 seconds could have been a little more ambiguous if they could have been a little more subtle than like ending on the ice pick i i feel like we could have really left with some questions i don't feel like we left with any questions i think sharon stone's a straight up cold murderer but which is not satisfying because then you go back like then then we don't have enough of you know i don't want the like let's stop and replay and and figure out how she did it all i don't want all of that but if we leave it on the ice pick like we did, then we're to assume, and it's still for us to assume because there's no reason for her to have this unless she just decided she's going to do this now, which she would, if she did kill him in that moment, it would be obvious. There would be no, because she got away with everything. She pinned it all on on Jean Triplehorn. Um, Jean Triplehorn's dead. She can't speak anymore. You know, case is closed. If she did randomly decided to kill him because he wanted to settle down and have rug rats, I think is what he said, um, which that should be on his list of crimes with killing tourists <laughs> and doing cocaine. But then, then that would have blown the whole thing. So that's kind of stupid. You know, that she could have fumbled for something that we didn't see and like made it obvious that she didn't pick it up rather than it being under the bed. Because, but like I said, we don't, I don't want this whole like, recap of like here's how she was in these places at these times and da 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 but there's definitely a little too much ambiguity and like okay if that's saying that she really did do it then we don't have enough motive for me yeah i don't want to we're not trying to be film critics here we're watching movies that were too sexy for our parents to let us watch them or too violent for our parents to let us watch them or too subversive for our parents to let us watch them or really awesome movies that we saw at a video store that we thought like oh that looks too cool for to even ask so we're not trying to discover like whether these movies are good but i do feel like lose the last 30 seconds and this it adds a little something to this movie i think so i mean it really gets, I mean, like you're saying, we're not trying to be movie critics, but I really found some interesting themes. You know, obviously, like, lesbianism is throughout this movie, and that was, I think, simultaneously, like, verboten and hot at the same time in the 90s. Um, people were becoming more aware of it. I think that it really, you know, it picks and chooses what it likes about and what it thinks is attractive about lesbianism. Um, but I did find it interesting that, you know, throwing back to um, our Kim Novak look from Vertigo, the all white, um, you know, Sharon Stone is in all white. She's in gold. She's in this or that. And her, you know, she's bisexual. She's she's all about like, you know, having her girlfriend, Roxy or Rocky, I, I think one, one or the other, who likes to watch. It's the whole thing. And she's all in black, though. So I find... I just thought that was an interesting choice to be like, oh, so, you know, we're angelic because the the woman who likes to fool around with women, but she but she really, truly like needs to like have sex with a man to really like get it done. And so she's still our angel. She's still our like angelic look. And we got our tough guy. Like, what is it? What does Michael Douglas say? Man it to is, man. Let's talk man to right? man. Right? I mean, I mean <laughs> that is, you are trying to have your cake and eat it oh too. Oh my gosh. Here. It's You're so You're trying much. to be like, we're so on board with this libertarian lifestyle there's these lesbians and they're just groping each other in public and it's sexy and it's normal and we're cool with it but oh like the one that's an actual lesbian she's kind of crazy right she she wants to kill michael douglas like she 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 might be the murderer for all we know for a while and even then that makes sense because she does try to kill him so like she's still in that category of like crazy you know but there's definitely this whole like don't knock it till you try it kind of like both ways um you know and i think that that's the only way that maybe at this time that i mean because who's the audience for this movie Right. I mean, 
truly men are the audience for this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. So men are interested in, they want to believe that a woman like, women can like have sex with another woman or be attracted to another woman or fool around with another woman. But like, she really, truly like needs that D. I mean, when it really comes down to it. Right. That that's, that's what, I mean, like they can't even fathom or look at themselves in the mirror and like grapple with the idea that a woman like might not have any interest or satisfaction in what they have. I mean, a girl, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, truly, I mean, it's just, it's starting to delve into the idea, but still desperately hanging on to its misogynistic roots. So that being said, you feel this was a movie generally marketed towards men. I'm interested. I I feel like you had a good time watching it. I'm interested in your perspectives. I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. It's sexy. I love a thriller. That's, I mean, that's in my wheelhouse. Um, But I would say at this time... That's probably who was going to see this movie. I mean, I I don't a hundred percent remember the ads at the time. Um, it would be interesting to go back and watch. Maybe that's something we'll do here: is look at the trailer, look at the the preview for it, and see how much they play into that. Because I I have a feeling that it, it is going to lean into, um, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone and that crotch shot would not be so like ubiquitous with this time if that wasn't part some somehow part of alluded to in the trailer and so i think that was just gonna bring you know bring bring your the men in droves yeah i feel like people knew more people knew about the crotch shot than saw the film for sure i mean we did i did yeah i mean that, that was what in fact, there was, like we said, there was less vagina in this movie than really anticipated. There were a lot of breasts. A lot of women not wearing not wearing bras. A lot of bras. I mean, God. I feel like the only bra we saw was torn. Like, yeah, and it was even, it was not just your normal bra. I'm pretty, we didn't see it. It was, it was gone so fast. Um, but I still think it was exotic. It was not your average, like, Wednesday at the office bra. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it was like your, you know, your sexy uh, police psychologist in her trench coat. She wore so many trench coats. I don't even think I even we even said this before, but like you've got your your vertigo heroine slash potentially villain. You've got your girl Friday slash maybe femme fatale wearing so many trench coats. It was it was just film noir all over the place. I don't know what bras were like in 1992, so I don't know <laughs> if I have much to really say on the subject. I mean, I was 11 and 12, so I was, like, really not participating in full, like, womanlyhood brassiere technology at the time. I don't know if we should, like, deep dive the 1992 Sears catalog <laughs> and see, like, what bra technology looked like. Like, I, when did the Miracle Bra happen? Oh, Miracle Bra was way after that. Okay. I think the Miracle Bra was like late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. So I don't know what sort of fabrics we're dealing with here. Like, was DuPont a thing at the time? Yes. Yes. DuPont was definitely. Like, I mean, I guess we're post-World War II. So we right, have so at least some we, some nylon and some we synthetic have silk, fibers. We have synthetics. We have nylon. We have rayon. We have all of those things happening. I think the front clasp bras may have been a little bit more in. On Vogue hmm. at the time. Uh, was but that I, a front class bra or was it just ripped to shreds? He's not that strong. Okay. I mean, it had to have been a front class bra of some sort. Well, that's, because that's saying something about 1992's bra technology. If he's if, if it's strong enough to hold up to Michael Douglas, because he's looking pretty ripped. I mean, but I think a bra in the 1940s is probably stronger than a bra in the 1990s. <laughs> it was, you know. And a bazooka boob kind of situation, you know. I mean, let's think about, like, uh, Madonna and all of Madonna videos in the late 80s, early 90s. All of that stuff was, like, very structured. I mean, I think that definitely is what we're dealing with here. Okay. I'm I'm impressed by Brazier technology. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a lot of gravity and forces and vectors and, you know, a lot of that. Um 
that that are going into broad technology. So. I just assumed all of that happened in the last 15 years, maybe 20 years. Uh, I, no, I, was, I think just enhancement, like the push-up and all of that stuff with, with the Wonder Bra, that happened a little later. I think that everything else was just about like, I mean, I guess everything else was push-up too, but it was like push-up to keep it to like optimal level, not chin in your in your cleavage level i just think of what a men's dress shirt looked like in 1992 and i think there can't have been any sort of thought towards support or oh no i mean a men's dresser like it was chandler bing all over the place in like 1992 it could not have been more billowy than i mean isn't there a whole seinfeld episode about like some sort of weird pirate shirt i think so yeah i think that that's where so should we watch Seinfeld? <laughs> We've talked about it twice now. Maybe so. I, that was just, That's a different podcast. It, it's totally different. I mean, it wasn't verboten. It was just, it was on TBS. It started at like 12.05. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that. The TBS decided that it was cute to have things started on like the 5 or the 10 of the hour and not the regular Actually, hour. if you listen to eight-hour wrestling podcasts about butts, uh, you find out that there's actually a lot to that. So, uh, hashtag so- lapsed fan, hashtag lapsed. <laughs> Well, I mean, there were a few other things that, like, as we went through that I noticed. I mean, Gus, I don't... The actor that plays Gus is just a classic character actor. He shows up and stuff. I'm not even sure, honestly, at the top of my head what the actor's name is. But he makes a reference to, like, he just wants to retire with his gold watch, which just ding, 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 Dennis Hopper and Speed to me. Because that was a big movie, don't know why I was allowed to see that movie because it came out right about the same time, I think. But definitely saw that movie big time. Keanu Reeves was pivotal in my uh, uh, growing up. But Speed was 94. 94. So it been two years after this. Two years after. But even then, I mean, it was. So we were watching R rated movies with people getting stabbed in the heads with sharp things. Two years later. Within two years of this. This was one year after Point Break, another you know, classic in our household. I had the Speed VHS. Like, we brought it with us to my grandmother's house to spend weeks in Florida over the summer vacation. So you were watching R-rated films at this time. Pretty close to this time. So there was a lot of mixed messages as to what was... I mean, I think that Speed was probably posited more as an action film. And so that probably, I think action gets a lot of passes where sex does not. I mean, rightly so in in some ways. I mean, let's be fair. I mean, there's a lot of criticism about, um, you know, uh, conservative Christians and keeping sex away from children. But that basic instinct sex is not the kind of sex that we needed to see when we were 12. You know, maybe we needed to know a little bit more, but we didn't need to know that much. Let's, let's. Give give the the group a, a little bit of a, a pass on give, that. Give our pastor a pass. Like we might have been protected from a too much sex. This might be the kind of sex we should have been protected from. This was what he thought. <laughs> this is what every sex. this is what every single youth group parent was afraid of. <laughs> right there, all of this, every single second of this movie. I mean, there were probably so many movies that we could have seen, and we'll we'll delve into that. That you know fell into this bucket that didn't deserve to. That we could have seen and it would be fine, and we'll probably see it, and it does not hold up to the hype but this one definitely right off the bat was all the things oh absolutely it was everything our parents were afraid it might be it was (laughs) everything our youth group was afraid it might be and it was kind of awesome i'm glad as an adult human i'm thrilled that i've seen this film it 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 was great it is great i mean i like i love a dark dirty you know, thriller and it met all of that. And it, you know, it, it skates, it skates the level. It's, it's sexy. It's, you know, like everybody's sexy kind of stuff, which you don't see as much anymore. Maybe, I don't know. I I feel like we, we, there's just not like, let's just accept that every major movie is sexy. That we are, we're 11 and 12 in 1992. So you, 
you know we don't have time to watch a lot of movies anymore. <laughs> if it's longer than right. 22 minutes, you know, if it's not an episode of ridiculousness uh, or not something we're binging two episodes yeah, in yeah. a so, week, you know, it's not something you know, we don't get to a lot of movies. So I'm actually excited that we're going to commit to watching some movies for this. Yeah, it's going to be a big step because there's a lot of really important pop culture movies in the last decade or so that we haven't gotten around to watch. We've just discussed uh, today, in fact, that it was less years from the time this movie came out to the time that I first watched it in college than years from the time The Avengers came out. This is a kid who had boxes and boxes and boxes of comic books, but I was also in my 30s by the time The Avengers came out. <laughs> it was it was more than 10 years before I got around to seeing The Avengers. It's and- hard. It's hard to fit it all in, but, you know, it, this definitely, yeah, it... It was all the things that everyone was afraid of. There are definitely things that we're going to watch that were not those. But Speed, I, yeah, I think, like I said, it gets a pass because it was an action movie. Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. Surely we've sat down and I watched it with my parents. That that was, we had movie night every single Friday night. We had Pizza Hut. My dad Always had to pick it up. We never had delivery. It was speaking of Pizza Hut. Gus was working. That's right. He was really working the Pizza Hut, and and, you know that's that definitely goes along with my Friday night movie nights. But there were so many movies in a world where Papa John's (laughs) is having stuffed crust. Right. That's true. Right now, as we speak, in, in this like. Papa John's is trying to steal the the stuffed crust market, and I kind of am amused by the the commercial feud that we're seeing about stuffed crusts. But yeah, every Friday night we watched a movie as a family. We ate pizza, and when I got old enough to learn how to bake and not watch the movies with my family that I didn't want to watch, I would make cookies or brownies or something every single Friday night as well, so that I could be upstairs not watching the movies that I didn't want to watch. This is completely off the subject. This is a viewpoint that I hold very close to my heart. Keanu Reeves movies from the 90s, his best friend dies too late. Go watch Point Break. Go watch Speed. The best friend die. Like, if you live that long as the partner of the main character, you should get to live through you the movie. You should. You should. I mean, pouring one out for Gary Busey, um, Dan, uh, no, oh, what help me out help me out help me out greg daniels that's not right no that's not it jeff daniels jeff daniels jeff yeah. daniels who's greg daniels i don't know i don't He's think like anybody beavis and butthead or something maybe yeah no, jeff daniels um i mean definitely pour went out pouring out for real for patrick swayze mm-hmm. i mean that he didn't really die but we maybe he did i don't you know it's it's all messed up in point break but um but yeah no i agree i agree they definitely deserve to live longer than that yeah, I mean, if, if you're the best friend and you're going to die, you have to die in Act 3. You can't make it to Act 5. I'm just Well, but it's too be- late. best friend in this movie dies, like, is this, this is way after. Act- this is an Act 5 best friend death. Good it point. It is. It is. I mean. And Keanu Reeves is nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Keanu Reeves is a baby. <laughs> he he is perfecting his skater and surfer dialect This as is a speak. year after Point Break, babe. This is a year after Point Break? This is a year after Point Break. It feels like this a whole nother so far world. beyond Ted Theodore Logan. Oh, man. This does not feel in the same wheelhouse. It doesn't feel like Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas can be adults in the same world that Point Keanu Reeves is, is an adult. Point Break is 1991. Point Break is before Speed? Three years before Speed, babe. Wow. That didn't. That doesn't track for me at all. But Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and Point Break are the same year. What? Yes. I remember seeing Bogus Journey in the theater. With it is a the same year. That that doesn't. Wow. That it. I'm having a Tory paradox. Is there? A- <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. Like it just does not line up in the same place at all. Do we no go way. into Point Break moving forward from here or? I mean, maybe that might be a good like segue. I don't it's... feel like Point Break was verboten, but 
I mean, it wasn't it wasn't verboten. It, it was maybe potentially the same kind of idea. It was an R-rated movie. We were mm-hmm. young. Um, there was no conversation of like, is this going to be on the table or not? No, it was off the table. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't even like, hey, I wish I could see this. Um, but but it just if it, it feels so much later to me. I think maybe becoming aware of Keanu Reeves two years later in Speed. Well, no, that's not true because I saw the Bill and Ted movies as a kid in the theaters. Um, but I think maybe re 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 it being introduced to Keanu Reeves in a whole new level. Cause let's, let's be fair. There's no sexual magnetism about Ted. In 1991, you were not sexually attracted to Keanu Reeves. No, but in, in 1994, 1994? 100%, 100%. <laughs> it was a, different a whole nother thing. And so that was a, an awakening to other things he was in. And he was the same level of adult in Point Break, as in Speed, but that he was not in in the excellent journeys and bogus journeys and all of that. Here's something I'm going to give you. Newsies came out the year after Point Break. How old was Christian Bale in Newsies? Because that doesn't seem fair at all. <laughs> because that he was like seems like still a child in Newsies. That he would have been 18? 18. Okay. So, so, so yes, Keanu was an adult and was acting in things where he is sexy a year before Newsies. Wow. A year before Newsies, the same year as this. But they just don't feel, I mean... Point Break is so, like, surfer culture. Like, it doesn't seem like we're definitely, uh, this Basic Instinct feels like an era that's on its way out, probably at this Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, definitely. That, that Point Break feels very realized in a, like, in that, in that different kind of way. It doesn't feel like it's on the brink of something. It feels fully fleshed out in a genre. This is what probably body heat which i haven't seen which we might watch for this and fatal attraction started this took to its zenith okay and yeah and in a couple of years showgirls would destroy it kind of would yeah showgirls tried to kind of revisit this but same director same writer they thought they could recreate magic but we'll we'll get into that Showgirls will probably show up on this. Um, I mean, because we we grew up watching Saved by the Bell. That was definitely in our wheelhouse. And so... And let's just be fair. Poor one out for Dustin Diamond, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's weird and crazy. Are we supposed to do that in a podcast where you do really topical whatever? Because we don't release this for like 10 weeks or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But Dustin Diamond did just pass away from cancer, which is super sad. And we grew up with Saved by the Bell... Um, you know, I am probably a Jesse Spano. Let's be fair. I don't know that I've really characterized myself like that, um, but probably am. And yeah, I saw Dustin Diamond actually doing stand up a few years ago. It was weird. Um, but, but, you know, he had a strange, tragic life. So, yeah. So, um, I guess, um, was it worthy? We've, we've pretty much hit this already. I think, I think so, yeah. Was it worthy of the space that it kept in your head? And I think we agree absolutely. I think so, for it sure. It was as sexy as we thought it might be. It, it, was, it was maybe had it fewer been, vaginas, but might have been sexier. I think it was. There was... I agree. There, there was some tying up. There was some some fingernail action going on. Yeah, that was that was unbelievable fingernail action. I do not think that anyone can split someone's back like that that easily and that quickly. But I'm willing to forgive that. But I mean, every cigarette that was lit was a sexual act. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> it really was. I mean, it was sound like a total and, and, weirdo. 
you know, but all that too, it was a good movie. It yeah. was a good thriller. It 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 kept moving. It didn't. It was two hours and nine minutes long. It did not feel it like it at all. And it went by like an hour 25. Yeah. Well, we sat down to, we were like, oh my gosh, we're like, this is going to take forever. And it went by so fast. So yeah, I, I agree. It is still a great movie. It definitely is going to titillate generations to come. Um, and, and so I, I definitely think as a inaugural movie for this podcast, it is perfect fit. Should we get into the baby shower that we went to a couple of years ago? I guess actually probably seven years ago now. And we were given a tour of the house and they had just built a really fabulous, uh, movie theater (laughs) in their, in their house. It was, you know, really nice reclining chairs, the, the entire, you know, the uh, theater seating, great projector, huge screen, great speaker system, and I'm trying to remember what the other movie was. I it was Basic Instinct and some other erotic thriller <laughs> were the two movies that they had in the theater at that time. And you know they're showing the house off at a baby shower, and that's it was. Maybe Basic Instinct and Wild Things or something. (laughs) I mean, they could have been preparing for a podcast. They could have been just having a night of like, hey, let's watch a couple of erotic thrillers. It'll be fun. We just watched Basic Instinct up in our bonus room, and it was pretty great. And I don't think that everybody's just going to think we're sex maniacs because no, of that. No, I don't think so. But uh, I actually do think that he was living a double life. Uh, um, okay. So that may not track exactly in the point that you're trying to make. Um, I think that that did have a weird and crazy twisted turn uh, a year or so later. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> not 100% sure it was they were throwing the baby shower for friends, mutual friends that we had. But anyway. So was it because of the movie? Uh, no, it was not because of the movie. Okay, so so the mo- movie didn't make him a sex fiend. I don't think so. He was turned to Satanism and uh, no, and, okay, no, no, and I don't think it did to us either. So I think <laughs> that is is that the the takeaway? Like, would this have just completely ruined our youth if we have seen this movie? Uh, would it the trajectory maybe. of our lives have changed? I'm gonna go with maybe. I'm I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm, this might be unpopular, but this is not for children. No, it's not for children. This is, no, this is no. not for... But this should exist. I I think that this is a fantastic movie for consenting adults. It was sexy and violent and raw, but entertaining. The performances were over yeah, the they, they, top. They were aware of... Oh, Oh, we didn't even talk, and this may be too much of a tag on, but I'm super have to bring it up that Werner Brandis, um, aka like I don't remember the actor's name, but he was going. He for was like it. psychologist, and he was so over the freaking top, and his eyeliner what it was so much. I don't know who decided that, but I don't know if if, if you guys don't know, we're talking about Werner Brandis from the the classic Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, uh, River Phoenix sneakers movie also Who just owned the last season of archer oh yes absolutely he did but sneakers love sneakers one of my favorite movies um it's very genre but werner brandis is this very tool type character great character actor he's uh, fantastic he's fantastic i'll look it up while but you're he, talking he usually plays like a very subdued character and he is just chewing the scenery so hard in this movie about how much of a socio-psychopath this person would have to be. Steven Tobolowski. Yes. If anybody wants to yes. get back into he that. From is Ned Ryerson best. from Groundhog Day. Oh, he is in Single White Female. Oh, that should that go on the list. Not, we have a list of about 89 movies right now. That is not it on is the not list. for sure. We need but it. But Single White Female could go on the list. He is in Memento, which I've been thinking as we've been sitting here talking what if this movie was directed by christopher nolan in the mid 2000s interesting that's an interesting idea i i i mean think of what this are you intimately familiar with memento uh, the idea, you you know that I live in a world of I know movies well enough to speak about them in in 
social settings, but there are a lot of movies that I have not seen. I know the concept, and that's that's I I'm fine with that. But Memento is until the last twenty thirty seconds very ambiguous. Uh-huh. It doesn't have anywhere near the vaginas that uh, that this <laughs> does. Uh, I don't think that Christopher Nolan can really handle vaginas. Hmm. I'm curious about. Let's let's table that. When, <laughs> when Christopher Nolan's on the cast, let's uh, let's ask him about uh, about his uh, his, his relationship with, with vaginas. vaginas. But I just don't see the only. I, I'm going to be honest. Like the only '90s operating director i think that could probably do this in the similar way but a different twist would probably be david lynch hmm. i think that you know oh i think lynch would have gotten too heady he probably would have and it would have it would have been a lot of cliffhangers it would have maybe even not even been in sequential time right. Who knows? speaking of which add blue velvet to the list i think we did i don't, I don't, I don't I, know if we, we did you said so but i don't think we did okay we talked about it, but but yeah, I I think that this is a different time stamp. I think it loses. I think this belongs exactly where it is. Yeah, I think with I think if Kubrick had directed this instead of Eyes Wide Shut, I I think we'd have forgotten about it by now. Probably I feel like so. This needed this needed that time frame. It needed that location. It needed those actors. For whatever reason, the juice just came together in this one, and it's it's one I'm I'm glad we visited for this. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I think that's the takeaway. This one definitely goes into the list of it was. It did hold up to the myth and the legend that it put out there. It was um, sexier than I thought it was going to be. It was more violent than I thought it was going to be. It was it had more drugs than I knew it was going to have. It, it's yeah, it, yeah, it, it holds it had, up to every verboten quality about it. Yeah, it did. It it has all the things, and so I think that yeah, I think that we've done it. I think that this one, um, for sure, works. Um, and it's is watchable not always going to be like this. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. There are going to be some that we probably were going to barely get through. But this one was a great one to start with, and I'm really happy that we did this. So, you know, I hope that you guys enjoyed it. Check it out. Check out Basic Instinct if you haven't seen it. I think it's a great watch. Um, but it, it definitely falls into the, the category of forbidden cinema for us. Um, and it is, uh, we're looking forward to jumping into our next piece, um, which we might go with point break. I mean, kind of breaking it up a little bit, you know, maybe not just all nineties, exotic, erotic thrillers. Um, there's a lot of movies that are just for, for Boten cause maybe they were too explicit, but we'll figure it out and let you guys know. All right. Keep, uh, keep a watch. Uh, Reach out to us on uh, on social media. Um, we're at uh, Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. We are uh, our email address is Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. And yeah, we want to know what your experiences with movies were. Maybe what were some things that were forbidden for you, and how you know how they hold up for you. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>